as I can remember, people have told me, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But those words have never brought me much comfort. My childhood was very difficult. I suffered trauma no one should have to survive. I know many of you share a similar story. We don't often talk about such trauma, but sometimes in each other, we recognize the skills and tools we used to survive. I found ways to cope that helped me in the moment to feel okay. I learned to dissociate from my emotions, to shield my soul with protective armor. I carried that survival instinct into adulthood for better and for worse. God bless those coping skills. I am eternally grateful for what I did to survive. However, my armor eventually began to crack. I spiraled into a very dark place. Any armor remaining was in pieces and was actually getting in the way of the connection and community I needed. In crisis, I reached out for help and entered treatment for PTSD. In this journey of recovery, I have learned to hone my resilience. Resilience is not just about being strong. Sometimes resilience can look like falling apart. Sometimes it is making space and time for healing. Sometimes it is asking for help, allowing others to hold you up for a while. And sometimes it is about intentionally piercing away at the armor that has guarded your heart in order to come out from behind it and begin truly healing. The truth is, I am strong, but I don't credit the trauma as the source of this strength. What didn't kill me didn't kill me, but I am the one who made me stronger. Today, I invite you to examine your own resilience, how you want to live and how you want to grow. Come, let us worship together. We join Unitarian Universalists across the country in lighting a chalice, a symbol of sanctuary and safety, a sign of life's beauty and wonder, a symbol of peace and hope, an invitation to continue our ongoing search for the light and truth within and among us. Our chalice lighter this morning is Soren. <sighs> While I wait for all of you, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. What comes next? All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. That's a bummer. <laughs> My goodness. So what did he do? Just like lay there on the splat on the ground or? Yeah, oh my, poor Humpty. Well, I've got good news for you. Humpty Dumpty didn't stay on the ground. There's more to his story. Oops. My name is Humpty Dumpty, and this was my favorite spot high up on this wall. I know it's an odd place for an egg to be, but I loved being close to the birds. Then one day I fell. I'm sort of famous for that part. Folks called it the Great Fall, which sounds a little grand, and really it was just an accident, but it changed my life. Ah. 
Fortunately, all the king's men did put me back together. That's good news, isn't it? Didn't. Well, most of me. There were some parts that couldn't be healed with bandages and glue. After that day, I became afraid of heights. I was so scared that it kept me from enjoying some of my favorite things. I walked past that wall every day, and I would think about climbing that ladder again. I really missed the birds and being high above the city, but I could never do it because I knew that accidents can happen. Poor Humpty. I eventually settled for watching the birds from the ground. It wasn't the same, but it was better than nothing. Then one day, an idea flew by. See that? What's he doing? He's making, making airplanes. Making planes was harder than I thought. It was easy to get cuts and scratches, but day after day, I kept trying and trying until I got it just right. You like that? <laughs> My plane was perfect and it flew like nothing could stop it. I hadn't felt that happy in a long time, and it wasn't the same being up with the birds, but it was close enough. When you have face. <laughs> Unfortunately, accidents happen. What do you think happened? It flew away, maybe? Accidents happen, they always do. You see where it is? Mm -hmm. He landed on the wall. I almost walked away again, but then I thought about all the time I'd spent working on my plane and all the other things that I missed, and I decided I was gonna climb that wall. But the higher I got, the more nervous I felt, and I didn't want to admit it. I was terrified. I didn't look up, I didn't look down, I just kept climbing one step at a time until I was no longer afraid. Look, you got all the way up. Maybe now you won't think of me as that egg who was famous for falling. Hopefully you'll remember me as the egg who got back up. And I learned how to fly. Our first reading this morning is Cultivating Resilience by Reverend Seth Carrier Ladd. Life is amazingly resilient. Trees will grow over, through, and around almost anything, up through rusted out automobiles, around a park bench, or through an old bicycle. Most of us have probably seen one of those sturdy weeds growing up through a crack in the pavement. Life just has a will about it, a resilience in the face of almost any obstacle or barrier. We human beings are part of life, we all have that resilience within us, and sometimes finding that place of resilience within can be incredibly challenging. Our culture does not help us. American culture loves to celebrate pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. We love stories of the lone heroine or hero overcoming seemingly insurmountable difficulty all on their own. 
Some of us do seem to be unending founts of resilience, which is wonderful. Resilience can and often does come from within. It also doesn't only come from within. Resilience, studies have shown, also comes from our connections with others. When we are struggling, when we are having a hard time, we do better when we have supportive people around us to help us through the struggle. And even if you could manage the challenge alone, there's no one giving out medals for having done it all by yourself. One way to cultivate greater resilience in ourselves is by creating and drawing upon connections with others. Another way to cultivate greater resilience in yourself is by practicing. We all face smaller difficulties in our lives, and how we handle them matters. If we let small setbacks get us down, or if we allow them to cause us to give up, that's likely to be our response when faced with more significant challenges as well. Some folks who have been called resilient in the face of significant challenges have responded by saying, I didn't feel particularly resilient or even particularly hopeful. I was just stubborn and persistent. Sometimes maybe that's what resilience looks like, hard-earned persistence. Sometimes there's truth in the old saying of fake it till you make it. Leaning into your resilience doesn't mean it all feels good. It does often mean doing what needs to be done regardless of how challenging the circumstances around us are. We each have our own set of challenges in life, and comparing to others does little to help and does much harm. Honoring the areas where we are resilient in our life can help us build even more resilience for the future. Our second reading today is Heavy by Mary Oliver. That time... I thought I could not go any closer to grief without dying. I went closer, and I did not die. Surely God had a hand in this, as well as friends. Still, I was bent, and my laughter, as the poet said, was nowhere to be found. Then said my friend Daniel, brave even among lions, it's not the weight you carry, but how you carry it. Books, bricks, grief, it's all in the way you embrace it, balance it, carry it, when you cannot and would not put it down. So I went practicing. Have you noticed? Have you heard the laughter that comes now and again out of my startled mouth? How I linger to admire, admire, admire the things of this world that are kind and maybe also troubled, roses in the wind, the sea geese on the steep waves, a love to which there is no reply. There is a Zen parable about a man who was suddenly charged by a tiger. The man ran and the tiger chased him and the tiger kept getting closer and chased the man to the edge of a cliff. The man had no choice in his mind but to leap, and so he did. Halfway down, there was a single branch sticking out of the cliff, so he grabbed it and hung on for dear life. Looking below him at the landing, there was another tiger down below. As he was hanging on, he looked over to his left, 
And just a few feet away was a single plant with a perfectly ripe strawberry. He hung on with one hand and he found with his other hand, if he stretched, he could just barely reach with his fingertip to pluck that ripe berry, so he did. And how sweet it tasted. February's Soul Matters theme invites us to ask what it means to be a people of resilience. Soul Matters says that the word resilience comes from the Latin re, which back, and salience, the beginning, the starting point. Salience also holds the suggestion of movement, to leap, to flow, to run, to hurry. These images instill a sense of an active effort to return, retain, and hold on to that core heart of ourselves. In his book, Resilience, author Andrew Zoli, who looks at resilience not only in people but in systems, describes resilience as the capacity of a system, enterprise, or a person to maintain its core purpose and integrity in the face of dramatically changed circumstances. Being resilient means that when life brings struggle and loss, as it does for every one of us, whether it's the death of a spouse or a loved one, the loss of a job, a life-threatening medical diagnosis, natural disasters, the unstable leadership of our country and lack of civil discourse and respect for each other, or any of life's smaller setbacks and challenges. We are able to handle these difficulties in ways that make us stronger and less afraid of future disappointment, struggle, loss, and hardship. Kendra Cherry says, resilience does not eliminate stress or erase life's difficulties. People who possess resilience don't see life through rose-colored glasses. They understand that setbacks happen and that sometimes life is hard and painful. They still experience the emotional pain, grief, and sense of loss that comes after tragedy, but their mental outlook allows them to work through these feelings and recover. Although life is resilient and human beings are resilient, as Reverend Seth Carrier Ladd tells us in the first reading, resilience needs to be learned and practiced. It is a life skill that is developed only through facing adversity and making choices about how we deal with difficulty. As I went to seminary in the Twin Cities, I lived in a wonderful old house on the south side of Minneapolis. In spite of an alarm system, someone broke my front door down and was able to make off with some jewelry and other keepsakes. That thief also took my sense of safety, and I really reacted to that. The first few nights I slept with all the lights on, a heavy metal candlestick next to me, and I woke up at the least little sound. For several days after that break-in, I refused to leave the house. I had fantasies about building towers with armed guards, digging a moat, getting a fire-breathing dragon, and rigging up all sorts of lethal traps for an unwelcome intruder. I had the front door restored and the strongest possible hardware installed. I added additional locks and security lights and a wall safe. Months after that event, I was still super cautious and at moments afraid that someone would break in again. My friend Jonathan came to visit. He noticed my obsession with locks and alarms. I told him what had happened. And he took this opportunity to teach me about resilience by sharing his recent struggles. His once vibrant therapeutic massage business had failed. His partner many years had left him and his house had been foreclosed. He told me that he'd been depressed 
but instead of giving in to despair and some unhealthy coping mechanisms, he sold the rest of his possessions, bought a camper, and became a wanderer, exploring the country, visiting friends, and looking for a new place to call home. He'd tapped into his resilience and was treating this as a great adventure. He pointed out that instead of discovering my resilience, I'd closed up my heart, shut down my spirit, and wasn't thriving but simply surviving. He said to me, Stephen, the universe isn't out to get you any more than it's out to get anyone. When are you going to get on with living? Besides, someday this will make a great sermon story. (laughs) And you'll be stronger for the next time something bad happens. He was right on both counts. There have been losses and struggles and adversity in my life since that break-in. I've lost loved ones, weathered job changes and the end of romantic relationships, and faced health challenges. But by being intentional about resilience through regular spiritual practices and practicing resilience, I've not only survived, but I've thrived. I became a statistic again in 2013 when my home in Iowa City got broken into. But after a report to the police, it was time to replace the front door and the stuff that was taken. Now, once in a while, I catch myself worrying that the house will be broken into, but I can say with a sense of peace that I just hope they close the door on the way out and don't let the dog out. (laughs) Krista Tippett, in her book Becoming Wise, writes, Resilience is at once proactive, pragmatic, and humble. It doesn't overcome failure so much as transmute it, integrating it into the reality that evolves. Resilience acknowledges from the outset that things will go wrong. All of our solutions will eventually outlive their usefulness. We will make messes and there will be disruptions we did not cause or predict. This is the drama of being alive. To nurture a resilient human being is to build in an expectation of adversity, a capacity for inevitable vulnerability. Things will go wrong and do. But we can strengthen our ability to weather life's adversity. We can practice resilience. In the second reading, you heard Mary Oliver say, it's not the weight you carry, but how you carry it. Books, bricks, grief. It's all in the way you embrace it, balance it, carry it when you cannot and would not put it down. So I went practicing, have you noticed? Do you practice resilience on a regular basis? How do you carry the weight of life's struggles? As we heard in the first reading, we all face smaller difficulties in our lives and how we handle them matters. If we let small setbacks get us down or if we allow them to cause us to give up, that's likely to be our response when faced with significant challenges as well. Some folks who have been called resilient in the face of significant challenges have responded by saying, I didn't feel resilient or even particularly hopeful. I was just stubborn and persistent. There are many ways life teaches us to be resilient. We've all been sick at some time, whether it's a mild cold or serious illness. The human body is a powerful teacher of resilience, showing us life's capacity for healing, as well as challenging us to slow down to do the work of healing with rest and self-care. The earth is also a wonderful teacher. In a few weeks, we will watch as the harsh beauty of winter gives way to the renewal and frenzied energy spring brings, a wonderful reminder of the earth's resilience. 
Mary Oliver knows from a lifetime of observing nature the strength and beauty that come from resilience. As she wrote, have you heard the laughter that comes now and again out of my startled mouth? How I lingered to admire, admire, admire the things of this world that are kind and maybe also troubled, roses in the wind, the sea geese on the steep waves, a love to which there is no reply. Mary Oliver is inviting us to live by, as Christine Waldner's painter says, holding the hard edges against the soft wonder, recognizing that the things of this world that are kind and beautiful also face trouble. The hard edges of death and destruction and hardship. And yet, there is still wonder in the midst of it all. We become resilient and not only survive but thrive when we are able to accept the reality of life's hard edges and still embrace life as a wondrous gift. The threat of the tigers, the leap from the cliff, are what give that strawberry its flavor. They cannot be avoided, and the strawberry can't be enjoyed without them. No tigers, no sweetness. And with any luck this time, maybe this time, the tigers are vegetarians. There is one more thing that helps with resilience in this community. If we are truly living out our covenant, our promise to share life's journey, then this is a place where we can bring our struggles and our losses. A workshop where we can learn from each other, share our stories, a house of hope and promise where we can find inspiration and strength in each other's resilience and the truth that you and I don't have to face life difficulties alone. This work requires some vulnerability and trust from every one of us. But in taking the risk of being more fully ourselves and sharing that self with each other, we grow spiritually and live up to our aspirations to be a community of welcome, of resilience, of inclusion for everyone who needs the gifts we have to offer. And most importantly, in these crazy times, as the tigers snap at our feet, of hope and the promise of a better world we create together so we will all thrive. I invite us now into a few moments of silence to reflect on our own resilience and how we each hold the hard edges against soft wonder. Brandock L. Lovely once said, let there be an offering to sustain and strengthen this place, which is sacred to so many of us, a community of memory and hope, for we are now the keepers of the dream. This dream of this congregation, the UU Church of Kent, and its mission and vision thrive because each of you so generously give of your time, your talents and gifts, and your financial resources. Thank you.
These are the words of the Reverend Wayne Arneson. Take courage, friends. The way is often hard. The path is never clear and the stakes are very high. Take courage, for deep down there is another truth. You are not alone. And now trusting in our resilience and knowing that although the way is often hard, we are in this together. Let us go forth in peace and enjoy to continue inspiring love, seeking justice, and growing together in community. May it be so. Blessed be. Amen and namaste.